Tonight we talk about miniature love. <laughs> by that I mean my penis. Hello and welcome to the Tippy Cast. My name is Gary and this is... Aaron. And this is... Mike. And if you're wondering where that voice is coming from, we have a new body. New body in the room. Hello. A warm bodies. <laughs> One warm bodies that is a colleague of Gary's. Yes. Um, so this is, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Mike Dalton and I work with Gary. And where do you hail from, Mike? The West. The I'm West. A Galwayman. A Galwayman. Is it nice over there this time of year, Mike? Beautiful. It's always nice over there, Gary. Thank you for asking. And what brings you over here, Mike? Um, to the tidbit soundstage. <laughs> of my sitting room. <laughs> it's a soundstage all the same. Yes, it is, yes. I faintly remember the smell of chloroform. <laughs> I woke up in this very room. You said you wouldn't remember that bit. Anyway. <clears throat> well, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's glad, I'm glad I could be here. The post of Jimna was fantastic. And Mike, there's also another room I brought you here because, Mike, are you also a creator yourself? I am. I am a singer-songwriter and a music graduate. Can you tell us? B-I-M-M. B-I-M-M. Bim. And actually, just a strange thing, which we found out when I first started talking to Mike in work, <coughs> is that he said, Bim is right across the road from where Aaron and I studied, which I don't think we've said it before. Aaron and I studied together, David and Colin. Uh, we were all in the same college. And that's how we all know each other. Mike was actually across the road. So while I would have been in my first year of college, Mike was right there. Smoking rollies, staring into your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, we didn't even know each other's name, but I knew but this he man. Knew. You knew he somehow. Was, he, wasn't, he wasn't going to be in my, he yeah. wasn't in my present, but he was in my future. None of us started college at the same time, yet we all ended up in the same year. Yeah, the only yeah. people who started were David and Colin. David and Colin started together. And then I came into the first year. Yeah. And then I went to the second year. And, and then I skipped first and went to the second year with you. Straight away. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we all graduated. Then Aaron repeated. Yeah, and then I went back and did it again. It was great. Because he's a filthy casual. Because <laughs> I'm a filthy casual, yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. You made, no, it for, I had to, you made it for skipping the first year. So. Exactly what it was, yeah. I, I had to go outside just to like, see he was staring at me while smoking rollies, you know. I was kind of <laughs> because uh, all, I all I thought of was that I remember this guy last year, I hope he's still there. <laughs> There's this guy from BIM over there, and he's, every time we go out there, it's just piercing green eyes. Every time I smoke, it just threw the wind out here. Gary Clark. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something special. And Mike, are you working on any projects? I am. I'm recording, well, I have recorded my first EP. Mm -hmm. In January, which I told you, I believe, six months ago that it would be ready in a month or two. <laughs> it has now been seven. I think seven that was months. before. Was it before Christmas? Yeah, but that was pre. That was pre-recording. That was so. pre-recording. Okay. So it was recorded in January, and I will be releasing it in September. Which was six songs. It is now five. Why is it five now, Mike? Laziness, Gary. It's <laughs> been <laughs> <laughs> like seven months. <laughs> Laziness. <laughs> no, uh, well, no, we, we were kind of rushed. We tried to squeeze in six, and uh, kind of rushed one. But we'll do it again. We'll come back. Uh, is there names for it yet? Like, is there a place that they can find it eventually in September? Is there? Yeah, it'll be on all the platforms: Spotify, iTunes. Maybe a couple. Of, I'm working actually on a couple of music videos with a guy from IADT. Mm -hmm. So I'll send you the links so you can plug those bastards. Yeah, so if you send those links at some point, then I would just update whatever 
you know, this is coming out on because this is on all podcasts and audio platforms, which, as I didn't say at the beginning, this is the Tidbit Cast, and we are on all major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and you will also find us on all major audio and podcasting platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, and about seven others as well. All of them. Just think of just think of anything where you find music, audio, and you'll find us. We're there in the corner. Smiling in the thumbnails. Mm-hmm. In recent ones, me crying. Chocolatey <laughs> smooth. Yeah. On all platforms. What is the difference between inquisitiveness and indie thought, Gary? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is the same emotion. It's how, the same emotion. How do you pose between deep and thought and inquisitiveness? There's no difference. I know, yeah. David, if you're listening, there's no difference. <laughs> Looking slightly further up. Looking slightly further up. For one of them, but no one knows which one. That's really what it was, is I'd be doing it and they'd be like, yeah. no, 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 the fear is coming at you from the right side of the room. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, oh. <laughs> but I couldn't see it, so I'd look inquisitive and he'd be like, no, it's all wrong. Fuck it, we're starting to shoot over. <laughs> Just a peek behind the curtain of what goes on here. There are many curtains. That's the one we're allowed to open. The rest are locked away. For later. Mm, for much later. In September, when, <laughs> when the EP comes out. <laughs> now, Mike, as I'm sure you're aware, we have a certain a certain structure to this podcast where each of us bring a topic. And as you are, our first guest that we've ever had on this, apart from the regulars that we usually have, we've asked you to bring a topic. Yes. Um, again, I came very unprepared, but I thought a little something on the bus on the way here. Uh, the topic I'm wishing to discuss is creative flow versus procrastination mm-hmm. and the difference between creative block or writer's block and being a lazy cunt, I suppose, and what, where's the line between <laughs> lazy the, fine line. <laughs> the fine line there somewhere. Yeah, a fine line between <laughs> six and five EP songs. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is the line? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> um, so when you're saying, um, so yours is like a very kind of general. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be to do with songwriting or big, just any type of cre- creating, like you guys doing this. At what point are you waiting for something to happen, or do you get into that zone of flow? So it's like a thing of like whether you force yourself or whether you just kind of like keep doing things and wonder if something like an, adi- an idea will come to you, kind of like that. That, that thing of like scientists, for example, doing like very menial, like low thought jobs to try and think of ways. Like, for example, like there was that whole thing about Einstein yeah. who just worked at a patent office. I mean, he worked at a patent office and the reason why he worked at the patent office is because... It didn't require much. It didn't require much thought. He yeah. just had to just stamp shit, approve it and then send it through. So while he was doing that, he was thinking about the research he was doing and that if he tried to take his mind off of it but still do something which didn't require much thought then maybe his mind would eventually get to it it would work in the background of what he was doing because it had to do go somewhere and if he spent all the rest of his time working on this stuff and he didn't have any break this is kind of his break and so his mind would work in the background and he eventually came up with some theories because of his work there yeah that's what they say there's so many creative people in the catering industry service industry yeah, it hand in hand. It's not because it's difficult to find jobs. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, but also because people who do creative stuff are usually much easier yeah, to kind of convey stuff. Nine to five, dead, like office job. Your brain's gonna be fried by the time you get home, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. So, 
Better than coffee. So when <laughs> Yes, mate. <laughs> so when I think of like creative flow, obviously you um, think of like presenting this and being able to do your stuff off the top of your mind but still keep it to a structure. But then there's also the creative flow of being able to build um, content and being able to come up with topics each week. Which granted usually we might do stuff like news or stuff like that over the week like without this I'll be talking about and this is dating this podcast but I would talk about the recent stuff that's been happening with dead cells and the whole plagiarism hey. debate with IGN too much water <clears throat> yeah too much water <laughs> and with that whole review business and jargon going on yeah. so that would be my topic which would be very news related but that's not going to be but it's also like creative content it is a flow but if you overthink it, it can become dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I think thinking about it might possibly be the problem. It's because kind of afterwards you realise you're in that type of zone and you've created something or thought of something new, but you didn't realise you were doing it at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd be... I think you'd be the type of... Well, from my opinion, I'd say you'd be a highly motivated person, but not even intentionally or by just out of sheer habit of you constantly working on stuff. You continuously go. When you say you... You, Gary. Clark. Me, Gary. I just want to make sure. Yes, <laughs> Gary Clark, yes. Sort of make sure oh that. my god, it's all audio. What? It's okay. I just want yeah. to make sure everybody knows that I'm the highly motivated driven person you're talking about. I didn't say those, these are not my words. These are, these are my words, yes. These are Aaron's words. Aaron's words to Gary Clark. Say it again. That you'd be quite a highly motivated person, not even intentionally, but just because you continuously work on whatever it is. And if you were to say, how big is it? How big is it, Aaron? This is an audio podcast. We want to get really what, good. Gary? Where is this going? We want to give a really good visualization. How big is it, Aaron? How big is what? Anyway. <laughs> no, we're not doing this. Not again. That's for the first video podcast. This is- <laughs> and dude, you can see I- my hands even the scale. Dude, I can't wait to get premium subscriptions going. Oh, wait. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> can't take any more of you swallowing today. Uh- <laughs> The, the topic I did bring to the table, I, I think, should be abolished now that, effect that we found out that Gary brushes his teeth without water. See, and I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah. I think it has to be brought, brought up. It has to be brought up, okay? There's a thing that Gary Clark does. Gary Clark, the one I, sitting to the left of me. Okay? I don't think it's a problem. No, no, of course you wouldn't think it's a problem. Oh, right. Gary will come to this house, or no matter what house he's in. Fuck it, he would do it in college. This used to happen where Gary By himself, which is the worrying thing. Mm, but he, he continued having the conversation while this is going on. Like, you'd look at the corner and be like, where's Gary gone? And you just see him there with a toothbrush. Right. Uh, Gary, hi, guys. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, hi. But Gary will just turn up. Not unannounced, but Gary will be there. And sure enough, he will have a fucking toothbrush and toothpaste. He won't go near the water. There's nothing to do with water in this. Right. Gary will just brush his teeth, standing there, sitting there, whatever. And then you wait for the moment where he goes to the bathroom or something to spit it out or wash his mouth out or some shit. The moment never fucking comes because Gary swallows. That's it, Gary Clark swallows. He's never spit once in his fucking life. So long story short, Gary has excellent dental hygiene. And a serious overdose of fluoride in his system. Fluoride addiction. Because all he does is swallow toothpaste. Too right. little water. Right, so I, I know the internet has been ablaze with comments and forums <laughs> and you know people want to know why I do this. Because it's already become a trend. Okay. Only <laughs> for like two years, right. I still don't fucking understand it. Right, so the reason why I do this is because, and this is a tangent obviously from creative flow and procrastination, <laughs> which what we're doing now is simply procrastination. Um, so it fits right into the theme. 
But it's oh, because we are also oh, creating by doing yeah, this. Yeah, we are creating by doing this, Whoa. but we're also procrastinating from the topic. This is meta. This is <laughs> deep. This is like a layer upon layer. It is. Okay. Anyone else feel like an ogre? You know. Okay. And another peek behind the curtain. <laughs> what is behind curtain number two? <laughs> we don't go there. It's okay. Right, so the reason I do this is that I remember my sister saying that, oh, I shouldn't... Because I was saying, um, maybe, like, is there a reason why after I brush my teeth that I rinse my mouth out of water, it would not be better to just leave the toothpaste on? And then my sister said that, no, you shouldn't do that because it's bad for your teeth. And then I remember thinking, leaving toothpaste on your teeth doesn't sound like it would be a bad thing for your teeth. And so <laughs> next time I said... Logic? Yeah, so logic. I called out the bullshit. The bullshit. And <laughs> next, Fuck you, toothpaste. <laughs> next time I was at the orthodontist, I mentioned this to him. I said, Mr. Orthodontist, as that is your name, can you please tell me, or, you know, Joe, as his real name is, can you please tell me, like... I've heard number three, the name of the fucking orthodontist. <laughs> so I was wondering, when I brush my teeth, should I... Every time I say the word swallow now, it has a connotation like that I'm doing yes, something else. But anyway, should I swallow, Mr. Orthodontist, Right, should I... No, go back to Joe, should I swallow? Joe, should I swallow? Okay, like, is there a problem with leaving the toothpaste on your teeth or is rinsing your mouth out with water afterwards? Is that, like, actually damaging my teeth? And he said that, no, it is... Like, the only... If you don't rinse your mouth out, you, like, you brush your teeth so you have good dental hygiene and so you don't have any, like, things. I can't remember, like, the words he said. It's something to do with, like, gingivitis or whatever. Or just like tooth decay. That's that's what it was. It was that when you brush your teeth, you like lessen the effects of tooth decay. So if you just leave the toothpaste on it, it just means you have less of a chance of having tooth decay. So it means that actually you don't have to swallow it. No. All right. So you said. Oh no, this is the thing I do because. <laughs> but, but, but you defeated the whole fucking point of this. Then the whole point was for you to defend yourself. Instead, you just said, "No, I do this." That was it. So long story short, Gary has very good dental hygiene. <laughs> and getting back on topic. Right. <laughs> With um, I actually had this thought today in terms of like creative flow and being able to figure out stuff as you're going along or whether you should like force yourself into it or whatever. <laughs> Whereas today, and also you know, going off of the last thing we mentioned about this is that I'm really highly motivated because I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, go on. So getting back into the flow of that because I kind of lost my train of thought because I'm just flowering myself with compliments. Flowriding yourself. Flowriding myself. Um, today I was just doing the whole game capture and trying to like, figure out how to use the editing software with uh, being able to capture game footage for different stuff that we're doing outside of this, different projects with Tidbit. And what I'm trying to... What, what I was realizing as I was doing the editing was with the whole flow of it, getting more technology, getting better at editing, getting better at using the visual and the audio, being able to put them together, all of this, what I've realized is that I've been looking at other content at the same time and I've thought less and less about how, because now I know like all these things, how they edit, what the different styles are, I've thought less and less about that. And I've, even though I've done more and more editing over the last few months, I've thought more and more about the actual content and writing of the review. So what I've kind of like figured out by getting better at editing is that the editing is not as important as the <laughs> writing. So even though I've gotten better at it, I've realized that no, it doesn't actually matter. Like my writing will be the thing that will actually be more important for the videos. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's better the writing, less the editing. No, it's the same editing. 
Yeah, I think it's the same because you're still like getting the footage, you're still cutting the footage, you're still putting it in the right place and being able to tell a story and then also special effects and stuff like that, depending on what it is. But it means like, for example, if I'm doing a review and I'm editing it and I'm trying to get the right footage for it, it won't ultimately matter because, for example, if I plagiarize it, that'll be the thing that'll really get it. <laughs> what? Whoever does that? Yeah, but the actual content of what I'm saying is going to be the thing that people are going to gravitate towards rather than yeah but do you remember the clip do you remember when you said that sentence and the clip that was playing in the background that was, that was a well cut clip like, they're, they're, <laughs> no, they're, they're never going to mention that solid editing God, right there that audio editing was so like his voice was so crisp they must have a really good microphone no that's not what <laughs> they're going to see like the text of it and just be like oh that's what he thinks of the game that's it that's going to be what L, that's what most people are going to think about when they think about the flow is so however much like the technology i've realized in my creative flow where as i get better and better at it i've realized that the actual like writing of what i do in my creative flow has to get better yeah um before like my editing and i think more of that is that i should actually think about the content that i am editing this one's going to go hand in hand with music as well better you get at writing and creating mm-hmm. easier the production will be so like in in lieu of getting better equipment yeah like trying to get better production quality trying to get better at that kind of the same thing of where you can get better microphones you get better stuff but ultimately like that catchy catchy beat hmm. is what's gonna hook you how about those sexy lyrics baby come on how about the sexy lyrics <laughs> <laughs> baby come on <laughs> but yeah so I think my point is whether you're trying to for, yeah for, I suppose asking you guys was it forcing yourself to create a good or a bad thing <laughs> obviously it's good but is there a sense can you I can force myself into the mindset of it if you know what I mean I have to be in a certain mindset to do anything like that but it's I'm an arsehole when it comes to it because yeah. it's I, I only become creative at night yeah, when, no, thing, yeah, when no one else is up and it's Oh, it, it, it becomes this big shit show, right? Because Gary will go off and do whatever. He'll like, go home, he'll edit this or whatnot. He'll be working on other projects throughout the day. Grant, I'm sure he goes to bed at a regular fucking time and goes up. That's grand. I don't. I will have a thing about each night I try to listen to a new album, but simply because that makes me feel somewhat creative then because it's still taking in media consistently and then going from there. Uh, so whether it comes to writing anything or just having general ideas that I want to put into something whether it be for tidbit or something completely separate like a show that I, a show that I want to work on or, or, or anything else I have to be in that mindset but the fact that I have to force myself into it sometimes that's that's the shitty part yeah and it's just and then you're fucking drained by forcing yourself to go into that mindset and you're sitting there going well this is this is great now I want to do it and I have no fucking energy for it yeah. I go sleep wake back up and then I start from square one again because it always comes around in times or moments where you, you, you don't you actually can't you have something else to do mm. or you should sleep or you can't do it because other people are asleep or you procrastinate <laughs> you do exactly. fucking nothing and you spend hours sitting there looking at your phone and then you go nah I wasted like two or three hours here now I could have been doing something else well yeah yeah so one thing I found from when like whenever I'm doing a show whenever I'm like acting or doing any performance it is always like, because when you have to learn lines, mm-hmm. like 
everything about doing acting and like researching, like I really love researching, is really fun. But everything about learning lines is absolutely mind draining and tiring yes. and nobody likes doing it. But that's the only real work it feels like you're doing when you're acting. When you're acting, yeah. The- when you're acting, it feels great and exhilarating to do and it is tiring even when you're doing 12 hour days of rehearsing or 16 hours in some cases. You do like three runs in the morning to get ready for a show that yeah, night. And you're when, f- when you're doing three runs of the same show that you're doing that day oh. at night to an audience, yeah. or you're doing tech rehearsal and then dress rehearsal, like all those things where you're forcing yourself to be creative, but ultimately you do get to like the show day and then it feels amazing to be in front of an audience. You get the whole tingle. But one thing about like learning- <laughs> The tingle. tingle. That's why we all do this, isn't it? The best character from Wind Waker. <laughs> God, they're a little, with a cute little green tight suit. There's another peek behind the curtain of what goes on here. For fuck's sake. Mm. Mm. So, one thing from like doing acting and performance is that, yes, you do at times have to force yourself. But one thing you will also find is, like, it's usually, do you ever find yourself having to like repeat scenes, like when you're at home? Or how often do you do that? Like when you're, when you're working on a show that you will go back over scenes that are already like blocked or already like done with, like the, everything's always already like kind of set out, the director's always come to you. Like how often do you go back to those scenes, replay them and just be like, I think maybe we could add this in now that I know how the scene is laid out. Uh, quite often, I wouldn't voice it though. Just simple as I don't think it's my vision or whatnot was yeah. being put on. But yeah, quite often, that's one of the reasons I would want to go into directing that because when I would read over a script or whatnot, I find it quite easy to visualize that and see how I could do it myself. Mm. Um, yeah, script learning is the most tedious fucking thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It, it's incredibly tedious. It's the only work that you'll really have it to do. It is the only thing as an actor. Yeah. As an actor, it's the only work. Yeah, because you're, you're, even though acting's all physical, you're more mentally drained than anything afterwards. But when you sit down for a script for what, two, three hours, and afterwards you're like, fuck me, I'm done, I'm going to bed. That's it, you're finished. Yeah, so when you spend hours just because like for, I don't know how the processes that other people have, but it's one of those things where you do have to force yourself because you know that this is just going to be a slow grind. Yes. Where all, yeah. and where you can't, have, out of it. yeah, you can't listen to music usually when you're doing it, you can't do anything else apart from just. See, no, I would, I would listen to music oh. throughout it. No, don't, don't give me that fucking Oh no, I'm just saying, oh, different processes. No. Yeah, absolutely, I'd have music in the background. And it depends on what I want, whether it be, I could put on an artist grouper, just put that in the background. It's just very ambient, there's not much to it. Or it'll be, or is that procrastinating? Or is that procrastinating? <laughs> exactly, that's when it comes down to it. But that will keep me going for a longer stretch and keep me interested in focusing on the script for longer yeah, than just yeah, yeah. sitting in complete silence. Like I, was, I was thinking about silence, I will always have earphones with me or whatnot because I'm convinced that by having a constant, a constant supply of just something going into my head in relation to anything to do with media or, or art that is going to keep me going in some capacity. And yeah. if I stop, there goes the motivation for the day. Okay, because when I do lines, I have a different creative process where I completely isolate myself, go into my room, pace, and just say the lines to myself for five hours. And I just say them to myself hundreds of thousands of times. How did you do the lines with uh, Colm for Lear? Colm for Lear? Yes. What we did there is that Colm already learned the lines where I don't know what Colm's process is, but I think it's just that he does the same thing as me, which is that he says a sentence then he says it five times, then he does the second sentence, says that five times, and then he says the first and second sentence five times in a paragraph, and then he just does that for the entire paragraph. That's how I learned lines. What Colin did there was fucking amazing. Colin learned an act and night. 
Yes, I remember uh, that. That was fucking insane. I was with him over the phone. I know you, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought he was actually staying with you at this point. Oh, at one point, yeah, he did come over and Colm stayed with me because he had a... F- How long did he have to... Colm had about six days, maybe. That might be even more. That might be more than what he had to learn the entirety of King Lear. Well, for learn, learn his part. There was only at the villain for, and it was incredible. Watch him get to that. Fucking hell. Yeah, so that's another thing where he had to do the most monotonous thing and he had to do that for six days straight because he didn't have time yeah. to do anything else. And I think bringing the deadlines is helpful. Yeah, that's something that I have, I, I think completely, is that I, I work so much better. I, I almost intentionally procrastinate, okay, so that it reaches the last moment. <laughs> and when the pressure is on, yeah, is yeah. when I do the best. And I feel like no, I feel like there's no pressure on when the pressure is there the most. Yeah. And I'm able to focus and get into it because there's no other alternative. If you, if you do something else apart from this, you are fucking yourself completely. So I leave everything to the last moment and then I'm like, here you go. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I got through all of English. <clears throat> and yeah. life today. Life, yeah. Pretty much leave everything to the last moment. And the times where I didn't fucking do it in the last moment, I've been completely screwed. But there have been times where I've got up on stage learning the lines, like still trying to convince myself that I know those lines and knowing full well that I don't. Get up on stage when I did True West. You, did you didn't see True West? No. No. When I did True West, I got up and there was there was an entire scene that was Improvise. There was a new scene in True West because we got up there and we simply were not fucking ready for one of the scenes and shit just started to go wrong and we threw in new plot elements. We skipped plot elements for previous scenes and we threw in a new scene there and we started off and I had an opening monologue for a scene that didn't start off with a fucking monologue. And that became the, the whole thing. But there was no... I was breaking myself coming up to that show. But then... On stage, the pressure is on. There's nothing else you can do except for bullshit your way through it. Yeah. And we did, and no one even noticed that there was an extra scene that thought it was fucking fine, part of it. When it comes to pressure, I love it. I fucking love being under pressure. Because then it's going to have full confidence in what I can do. As weird as that might be. Yeah, get you. And uh, you're probably looking at me going, Jesus. <laughs> no, no. I, I feel the same way, but in the back of my mind, I'm questioning myself, am I, is that like a cop out, or am I just actually being lazy? But, or, but if, if it works, it works. Oh no, that, that kind of happens as well. <laughs> there you go. Well, I could do this now, or I could wait till the last minute. And then you're trying to figure out going, but what is the last minute? <laughs> and then you reach that point and you go, I could give it another 10 minutes maybe, <laughs> and then start working. Like, fucking hell. But, sorry, but that, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, um, so it depends on show to show also with like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where, and then like going back to the question, oh, creative flow versus procrastination. There's like some shows I did where, for example, Neil's um, the first show. Emperor of the Moon? No. Oh, your first show, sorry. Summer show. Oh, yes, yes. Summer show, which was... Um, Last year, that was The Marriage of Figaro. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so The Marriage of Figaro in that show, thank you for, you for remembering the show that I was in. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember everyone in Neil's shows. And uh, so like for example, for that show, I didn't learn the lines incredibly well because I knew that for, oh, for one of these shows, I took two different approaches the first year to the second year. But for the first year, I knew the lines kind of because this was more of um, not improvised show, but a show that you... Fed off the audience. Yeah, it fed yes. off the audience, and it's a kind of show where it's good that the audience... Not, not that it's 
you know, I didn't talk to the show and say that it's good that the audience drinks. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, it's show, but it's a show that you can drink at because there's an open bar there at the Sugar Club. So it's not a bad thing because the show was meant to be for a rowdy audience that are all just kind of drinking and just having fun. And then there's all these like crazy stuff happening on stage and there's comedy. And so for that kind of show where we're all messing with the script and doing our stuff and then Neil is like saying what's good, what's not good. I kind of went for it. Well, if I kind of okay know the lines, then it means that for each of the scenes, I'll try and be as exciting as possible. Whereas, uh, because I'm trying to be exciting because I'm worried I'll forget the lines. Yeah. So it means that it depends, like how my character was, is that, oh, I could kind of be a little crazy with this. Yeah. But then for the second year show, I kind of realized that for the second show after that, which is a few months ago, um, I was like, no, I should learn these lines as well as possible because the better I know these lines, the more I can go out of that. Because yeah. by instinct, I will do the lines. So if I go out of, so if on the night I like throw anything, I will suddenly, I, I will know definitely what I'm doing and it means that I can play around with it more because I know definitely what I'm doing. So there's two different ways to play around with it, whereas that I can kind of okay know the lines or I can kind of like definitely know the lines so I can have wiggle room. Well, then the question for you that I have is, when it comes to, hello? Mm -hmm. Hmm. When it comes to actual rehearsals. Yes. Okay. If you are unsure of lines, are you comfortable calling for a line? Calling for assistance? Because I have this thing about when it comes to anything, I'd say you might have noticed it last year. Now people fucking notice it this year and people don't like it, but it's, it's, it's what I do. It's what I find. Holding your hand. Me a lot better. Holding your script in your hand. Um, I have my script behind my back or whatnot. I will not look at that, but I, ref I hate the idea of calling upon someone else because that's me relying on someone else and not on my own fucking whatever it is i will always have the script even if i'm completely comfortable with these lines i will still sometimes stand up there and i'll have a script behind my back i might not use a script it's like a safety net and knowing it's there exactly as bad as that is i will use it as a safety net but i find so much if i think that if i stop and i turn to someone else and i go line that shows that I have been completely thrown off by this and I might not know as much as I, I think I do, which is all well and good, but I think it also stops the flow of everyone else's rehearsal, and I fucking hate that. So I'd much rather have something behind me and occasionally take that out, look at it from my own behind the back and keep going. In doing that, in my head, I haven't halted anything to do with the rehearsal. I've acknowledged my own problem with the script and something that I need to focus on. However, it then becomes a, a big deal that it is apparent that I don't know this particular line. However, if I had turned to someone and asked for help with the line, it's still fucking apparent that I don't know that line. So you'd rather keep going until you burnt yourself out and everybody's doubted you. <laughs> I would <laughs> rather like, just say yeah. line. <laughs> I, yeah, I would rather I would rather beat myself up on stage for the fact that I had to look at the script for a moment, then slow down the entire fucking rehearsal thing, and then it becomes an issue. It's like the fuck are you doing with your script? You know nothing. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to call on anyone else. <laughs> I really fucking don't. I hate that. It's that's. This is a solo performance. Performance. So, so, you are all here for decoration. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, pretty much. I just I fucking beat myself up over that constantly. But like, whereas with you, you are okay with calling for a line and asking. I usually I would also have a script in my hand. Yeah. Sometimes until eventually it gets to the point where oh it's physical. Once it gets to the point where it's more physical and I feel like I shouldn't have a script, I will actually just um, wing it. Yes. yes, yes. I, will, I will make up stuff. Uh, I would rather not have a script in my hand. Like when it gets to the point where I don't need a script in it or where I'm getting close to it. I get rid of it. So even if I don't know the lines, 
I will keep going because I, I roughly remember like where the story is going. So I know the movements as long as I say something vaguely resembling what I'm supposed to. Like, <laughs> oh, look, you're holding a book. Yes. I will get to that point where it's just like, I'll see somebody holding a book and no. Ah, a book in your hand. <laughs> I, I, I will say something yeah. roughly like that. And there's an example of something that I did, which I think is fucking horrible, and I hope, nah, saying it, is, saying it might be an issue. What I did for one of the shows in our glorious college was when it came to the show, there was two or three scenes where I was still unsure of the lines. And instead of looking at the script, I would leave the script in the fucking theatre at night. I then come home and the panic of me trying to remember those lines and it'll be going over and over again in my head and I wouldn't remember the lines. Yes, intentionally. I leave it there and then no matter what you're doing, it's in the back of your head and it's replaying over and over again, trying to even visualize the script and visualize where it went. And then, like it or not, you conjure up your own fucking story, your own lines, and you go in there and you see how close you are to the actual lines, and then it's easy to adjust to them then. That also that also fits into the whole thing of working tremendously under pressure. Now, I did that. And it worked for me. I never suggest anyone do it. It's fucking like that. That that makes Showtime the most stressful thing going. When you walk away and people are going, "Damn, I messed up that line." And I'm sitting there going, "I'm sure I messed up a couple there as well." Can't for the life of me remember what fucking lines they were. I guess I'll find out. So, so yes, Mike, we are okay with swearing on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was serious. Serious <laughs> swearing. As, as you asked before, yes, we can, we can swear. Don't worry about that at all. I asked you that in confidence. <laughs> when he addressed the question, he ended up. He ended the question with being a lazy cunt. <laughs> I think we're okay. We've gone too far now. Okay. But do, do you think? Um, just a thought. Um, is procrastination? almost a necessary element of creative flow. I think to give yourself a break occasionally, yeah, it just becomes an issue when you when you stretch that procrastination out. Yeah, that's where I would go as well. This is about to say the same thing about having a break. Um, because in the last... Because then obviously with working full-time, then also doing this as well and trying to... Because we're, we've been doing the social media for only two weeks now. About two weeks. We've been doing two weeks. It feels so much longer than that. It feels, because we've been, we've been doing this for a bit longer. Like So we've been doing this for... Well, we, we've released content since June 3rd is when the first podcast came out. Yeah. Uh, with just a podcast. And that was without any kind of social... But then there's also a month before that of just recording for a solid mm-hmm. month of just David Colin and I before Aaron joined the team. Mm-hmm. Where... I joined the cast. I joined the cast, there we go. I, I, I was a guest and I provided the house and I was like, fuck <laughs> it, you need the house, come on, join. Yeah, so Aaron um, was... He agreed, fuck you, carry on, sorry. <laughs> he, he was a temporary host because Colin was down and it was good to have a dynamic of three people. And then Aaron came on and was like, oh, yeah, we'll do a temporary host for like the next few months. And then eventually it was just like, well, Aaron, actually, this is actually going quite well. I don't mind having Aaron on for after Colm goes back and so whenever Colm does come back we now might switch it out we I found out about this recently I was, I was convinced I was gone as soon as Colm came back and I was like wow this was great don't worry it's like no you're still here oh yeah. oh shit apologies in advance to the audience you know <laughs> which none of you knew anything about this until I just said it uh, I think we mentioned I was a guest the first time I was on did we? I'm not entirely sure but um yeah before I can't remember how we got into this train of thought talking about this. Um, what were you, you just asked the question. Uh, was this question necessary? Question, yeah, so I was saying about like, taking a break and stuff like that. Right. And 
what, what I was saying with yeah be, before we started doing all the stuff we were like we've been going hard on it for about like two or three months now mm-hmm. and this week is kind of like a semi break of being able like for example this morning all I did was just record some things and game capture and I played a game for just a few hours which it it's been a little it's been a good few months since I played a game longer than an hour or two hours really in about five months it's been a very long time because I've been worrying about doing stuff like this editing podcasts like I remember when we started I was spending nine hours to just yeah. edit a one hour show because our structure we weren't very sure we were well we knew that, we no that was with David and Colin oh really and just I like we couldn't figure out that shit okay but before that like before June 3rd we do another month and because I when I check back because we're now like uploading stuff onto YouTube uh, which is 7.30 most days every second day um, on YouTube and I, I checked the YouTube channel it was created back in September 2nd or September 3rd 2017 yeah that's how long it's been almost a year since I've been doing this we, we started talking this about this like my EP this <laughs> 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 so, is way longer than we thought yeah EP yeah. in September by the way <laughs> so that's kind of like where they don't know they don't know, yeah. Grant. You know it. Oh, do I? No, no. Oh. You know it's unknown. Oh, I do. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> so is there any kind of way that people... I, I think we've kind of, like... I think we've come to conclusion of this, hmm. where procrastination is kind of a necessary thing um, yeah. in terms of, like, having a break at times, or else you'll start to, like, destroy the creativity of it because you're kind of forcing it's your, it. You're like, subconsciously creating, I like to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a matter of whether you write it down or not. Yeah. Everybody has their own patent office. Taking over. Right, mm-hmm. Mr. Einstein? We all have a patent office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like our, our patent office smells like coffee and tears. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just tears. I'd love some coffee. <laughs> oh, I don't even drink the stuff. <laughs> thousands a day <laughs> so yeah I think like conclusion that procrastination is a necessary thing at times for a break but don't do it too much or else you'll you'll, you'll end up on stage with, with a script in your hands fuck you I've, I've never no fuck you I've never been on stage with a script in my hands no I've just gone on stage and bullshit <laughs> and it's all recorded it worked out really well don't worry and then sake. there's also creative flow which is just a kind of I think creative flow which I, I think we actually went more into procrastination yeah we did actually rather than but actually we'll just get into creative flow I don't how like do you, how do you tap into it is the main thing well I find that with creative flow it kind of becomes an instinct for, for myself it's becoming an instinct over a while because I'm finding myself able to easily structure sentences in a much better way it's more linear because I've gotten better at writing and because of that it's affecting the other stuff like when I'm talking now it's more structured it's easier to understand what I'm talking about there's what? clarity and what I'm <laughs> sorry you go ha 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 humor there's more clarity in what I'm saying because now with writing it's easier because you're learning to structure your sentences when you're writing when you're subconsciously structuring sentences as you're talking mm-hmm so that's what I'm finding from doing stuff. I think some things bleed over in terms of creativity based on what you're doing. I find it easier with some things to do. And I think that if you continue doing something, it gets easier. Like when I now talk to stuff about business, it's easier because I've already looked at a lot of this stuff. 
I remember just like just recording the podcast and getting all the equipment ready and just researching about different like people and their creative stuff. When I now talk to people about stuff like this, I'm able to just hand out the knowledge that I know for researching hmm. because I've gone into the flow of it. I've gone into the flow of looking at creators, I've gone into the flow of talking with creators and how they do stuff, why they do stuff. And then when people kind of ask me about stuff, I'm able to go, well, I was looking at other people and from what I've done, and then from experience, you get into the instinct. You get from experience and instinct. You just kind of like, and out of nowhere, you just kind of are able to talk about it. Like now, like all this is off the top of my head. I've known this is out without any prior planning. And you just kind of think about it as you go. Yeah, then you realise how fucked up your train of thought is when you're just spewing shite. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it came out coherently. It did, absolutely. Like, when, we, nice. when we first started this, I, had, I was very wary of the fact that I was being recorded. I hate hearing the sound of my own voice, but now when we do it, it's just... It's fine. As I said, it just becomes second nature now. It's just, the mic is on. Don't say anything too fucked up. Yeah, you just kind of like leave your head towards it. You try not to move too much or else you have like sounds. Mm -hmm. Like these are just techniques that you pick up over time, which... That, no, that's technique. We're going to... Creativity! <laughs> creativity, yeah. And flow! God, we keep diverting from it. How, how do you define creative flow? If only had a great creative flow to fucking dissect this properly. Yeah. <laughs> but what is it though? It, it, what is creativity? What, what is creativity? <laughs> but that, that moment you're kind of in there and you're creating something but afterwards you step back and it's kind of almost like a dream or something ah uh, yeah yeah you're like oh what the fuck happened there for the first few years of performing I have no memory of what I did on stage afterwards yeah yeah it's no memory it's crazy mm -hmm. I come off and couldn't tell you what happened so I, was, I was like it was great yeah little, little moments would stick out but I couldn't say what felt right what felt wrong because you're doing it on instant yeah, <laughs> it was a two shows years ago. <laughs> Fuck you. Doing that shows years ago it was like they were only like one night shows kind of thing. So it wasn't you had to go back and fix anything. So I do it. I come off, feeling will be there. I'm like that was great. Yeah, brilliant. Fuck, I haven't a clue how it went. Don't know. Want, don't even want to know how it went. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And you go from there, and then it becomes like a section off piece that you look at, but you're looking at it from like a third person perspective. Is that what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that happened quite a lot. <laughs> I think for I think for my creative flow, it's actually planning. Which may be like ahead of like the, oh, it's good to be spontaneous, but sometimes it is. Like sometimes it's really nice. Like for example, earlier on this week, I think it was last, it was actually Sunday, um, but last week, a few days ago, I was just like, oh, I have a day off. I'm, do you want to go, like I was with Natalia, I was just like, let's go to a place and just take photos because I want to get better at photography. So just spontaneously, just like, let's just spend a day taking photos and getting better at like, doing photography. Mm -hmm. That sounds like fun. So we did, first half of the day was just hiking to different places, taking photos, and then we just ended up at the Hellfire Club and started, started taking photos of the building and stuff. And then there's also like the planning stuff, which I find really fun to do. I like planning for stuff and then get like, stuff that I know where I am planning to get into the flow of it before I've even gotten to the flow of it. Yeah, I where, the, yeah, like I will usually physicalize characters to a heavy degree where I already know and know like how the character is going to move, why he moves that way, the story, the backstory of the character that makes him move that way. Um, for like for one, for a lot of the shows that I do, actually, for, very physical. For every characters. character I do, I always make them really physical, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you see, but before I go on stage every single time, I have a ritual. 
So I have a ritual for each character individually created so that it gets me into the mood of how they move. So for different characters, like for one time I played like a serial killer, was that I would like move my knees to a point where I was like almost, my knees were touching the ground, I worked myself down, and then I would have, you know, a l arch, lurch, arch, arch. <laughs> I would arch my back until, like, I would arch, I would basically just kind of like start to bend down and kneel, start to kneel down, but not have my knees touch the ground. Then I would arch my back until I was kind of bending over. And then I would just snap my back until it was straight. But I would keep my legs that way. Hmm. So that was, and then I would get used to different ways of looking around and moving my head around. And I would do little rituals of how this was and ways of looking. Like, for example, one character was a serial killer, basically. He was a kind of psychopathic character who enjoyed the thought of murder and blood, right? So that was one character. Yeah. I so it was just Gary. Like, there was no <laughs> yeah. Like, so that was one character stuff. playing. So when I played that character, I looked at crows and stuff. So I planned that this character was someone who liked studying people. And when I think of an animal or something that likes to study people, I think of a crow. And then I looked at owls as well. And then I realized that, oh, for those animals, why they seem like they're studying people, why they seem like they're kind of creepy and how they always look at you, is that they have unmoving eyes. Owls can't move their eyes, yeah. they can only move their head. And crows always look at people and almost, I like that as well as sharks I was looking at because sharks can never stop moving because their gills aren't able to yeah. let the air flow through. If they stop moving, they drown. Mm -hmm. So like that, I wanted a character who was, anything in front of him was the prey, so anything he was staring at. And because of that, his eyes wouldn't move. So I would try and keep my pupils still before I was going on stage. So whenever I would be talking to a person, um, I would never look at the other people I was talking to. So like this, I would just be staring into space and just looking at stuff, maybe into the audience. And then when there's a character who entered who kind of foreshadowing, I knew that after a while I'm going to be sent to murder them. I would just snap my head towards that person and wouldn't move my pupils. So I would never, so whenever I was moving around, I would always have my pupils as still as possible in the center. So you'd always know where I was looking. And it was really obvious, and you knew that that person was my next target, even though I wouldn't say anything about it until five scenes later. Like when you fucking killed me. Like when I killed you in that show. Yeah. And the same thing, you would be in those scenes, and while you were talking, I would be like this, mm -hmm. in the other side of the stage, looking at you. Yeah. Because what happened is that I was foreshadowing that for me. Do you remember the hug? So, yeah. The hug, that was a good touch. So, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I would... I would have rituals before I went on stage. Actually, that entire scene is myself, Gary, and Colm. Yeah. It was Colm, yeah. Yeah, so in any of those scenes, and Owen. And Owen, yes. Owen was always there, we were doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I should because Gary, Colm, and myself, Tinder. Yeah, project. Wow. Podcast words. Shit. Carry so on, anyway, Gary. Anyway, before I go on to stage, I always like plan creative flows. I always plan that I know what I'm going to be doing because- can you, can you plan creative flow? Because like for before I went on to those, whenever I go for performance, I forget my lines before I go on stage. Every single time I always forget my lines. And then when I go on stage, acting is the ultimate planned creative flow. Because you're learning lines up until a live theater performance where you have to know them and do it all in one take. You have no like take backsies. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that was, I would always forget my lines before I go on stage. And then when I actually go on stage, I suddenly, oh, I have an epiphany. I remember all my lines that come out of my mouth wonderfully in a nice rehearsed fashion. Are you able to do it? Are you able to force yourself into it? Because when I, when I do it, I, I, I'm aware of the fact that I'm forcing myself into it, whether it be that I watch a film that I know will trigger a certain emotion or, yeah. or a certain reaction, and then I know I can go from there. However, if I put my faith into something and I don't get that emotional connection that I need, then that's yeah. it, it's wasted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I can't force myself into that. I'm not like commit myself to another two hours just to get into this fucking mindset, then I'll try it again tomorrow. But are you able to do it? No. No? No. So it just has to happen naturally for you. Yeah. And, right. and it can be any, any time or moment. Just to, that's, a, that's the problem. I can't plan it or. Okay. That's a, I'd like to be able to focus on how to just get into the zone. So, how would you then say for playing sets and doing gigs and stuff like that in different places? Is that part of your creative flow? Uh, well, that's not, but that's more performing, mm-hmm. which is obviously creative. But I'm talking about maybe more so the the writing and the creating of the music. Mm-hmm. How to get into that zone and how to get into it comfortably. <clears throat> so that's really creating behind the scenes. Yeah, before like the idea before it's born, kind of how to get into that. Yeah, obviously movies do help. I, I, I would do that because I just, yeah I do, I do that as well. Yeah, that, that, that's what I want to do with with everything inside music or. Movies, so because I know it's, no, the, the whole point of it is to trigger a reaction, yeah. so chances are it will. So, you know, hmm. well, yeah, with usually like creative flow, because this is also part of the so if it's just taken off of like what you do behind the scenes of what you're doing, yeah, like for example, with like the tidbit cast here, this creative content is born off of what we in that moment want to talk about. That week, we like pick something and then we riff off of that, and that is our creative flow. Because we were just going off of what we are thinking about. Yeah. That's kind of a creative flow. Apart from just the actual recording of it and then speaking off off the top of your head. Then there's just the creative flow where whenever, like, for example, I want to create something or I want to do a new series or for some stuff that I want to do in little projects, I usually go off of what I like when I'm creating stuff. So if I, like, there's certain things I want to see, like, for example... Uh, at one point, I don't know if it's something I ever talked about, but one thing I would like to get off um, the ground at some point in the future is stuff like Tidbit Minute, which is where I talk about something for a minute, which would be the last thing that been happening the last two days of like news or daily news and games. Because you usually... Like elevator pitch. Yeah, so it's kind of an elevator pitch of this is everything that's happened in the last day in a minute. A Tidbit Minute. So the entire point of that... And the reason why that came into my head for creative flow and being able to plan that is because I was looking at other things. I was listening to other podcasts. I was reading other articles and I always found it that it was really difficult to keep up the day with every review, every one of these things, because there was always long form content of like an hour that I'd have to keep up with every day. So if there was something that boiled that down into a minute or two, that would be something I would love to listen to. Mm. And then that was the creative flow that led me to, well, then if I just create that myself, then I could be that thing that people look at. Where I am creating that content where it's easy to follow what's been happening in the last thing. And then I would just put all the links to all the articles I have been looking at in the last day to be like, oh, this is only like a minute or two easy to edit. And then looking at planning all this. So like that, that was a creative flow of where I usually look at what I want or what I want other people to do and then create that. I usually just look at other people. Yeah. 
So, yeah. And I suppose if you actually stick true to what you like or what you would like to experience. Yeah. Stay true to yourself and then, yeah, and that's crazy. Pretty much why I went into anything to do with performing was because growing up the fact that I could have such an emotional connection or reaction to something that was purely fictional. In my head, I wanted to be able to give someone else that same feeling. Because the fact that I, f- I fucking thrived on that, like two o'clock in the morning, I'd be watching some film and that's it. The next day I'm completely changed because of whatever it is that I've, I've, I've fucking witnessed. And what I, in my head it was, if I can create something like that and make someone think the way I did last night, just for a moment, that is fucking worth it. Yeah. And so from there it was, it doesn't matter what it is that I'm doing, I know it just has to be creative so I can, I can have, try and have the effect that someone else has had on me. However small or minuscule, that's the fucking reason I do it. It's just, oof. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a stew in that one for a bit. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> what is this? You're showing me something on your phone? I'm showing you the time, Gary. <laughs> oh, okay. Sweet. I think we've kind of... Like, <laughs> I, I think there's no definitive answer for something like no, this. No, because everyone will have their own unique way of whatever works for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody has their own way of life. Yeah, that was a nice ending, though. If you create what you want to... Create what you... In, what am I trying to yeah. say? Like he, he made what he, want this, what he wants to see. Yeah. 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 So I, I think for like, Gary, it was like he, procrastination is like a necessary thing. But for creative flow, I think everybody has their own individual. The creative flow is the way that you work through experience to figure out, oh, this is how I work. And then if after a while that becomes predictable, you have to find another way to work. Yeah. I think you have a right to fucking procrastinate with the rest of the time you're spending creating. You can give yeah. yourself that mental break. I, I think Just how you feel is a good way to figure out because again if you force yourself to do something it's never gonna work out because it's very stifling mm-hmm. because there have been several like there's a dancer I remember at one point Tamara Rojo who was with the the English Royal Ballet I think it might have been um, but she was saying that when, at one point she was going through like um, that her mother passed away and so while she was doing that she decided I'll use the emotions from that mm-hmm into my dancing for my performances. Yeah. I'll use the emotions that I use that. And then she realized that, oh, after a year or two of doing that, you are. she emotionally stifled herself to the point that she couldn't actually access those emotions mm-hmm. for other shows after that because she had just damaged you, herself. You drained us, you did. She had damaged herself emotionally because she used a real world thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she wasn't able to think of it the same way. And so when she tried to use it for other stuff, she had just like drained that energy of herself. Unless you have consistent pain coming into your life, it's not gonna. Mm. Yeah, it's not a thing that she's, it means that every night she was doing that for like a year or like at least five days a week. Next week topic, does happiness stifle creativity? <laughs> stay sad kids, stay sad. <laughs> stay sad, perfect. <laughs> Hashtag stay sad. That's a good ending. Hashtag stay sad, stay sad, yep. <laughs> Right, so I think that's a yeah, it's a good place to end it there. Thank you very much for listening to Big Cast. My name is Gary, and this was Aaron, and this was Mike. And Mike, if we had to find you anywhere on social media, where would you find you? That's well, Facebook, Spotify would be the main one I'll be releasing it on. Uh, and under what? To come, <laughs> the name will be given to you. And is there any, so there's no names? If anyone wants to suggest any 
names for. And so, are you comfortable like releasing like your own social media, or is that like another thing? Yeah, well, my, well, my name is Mike Dalton, but you have nothing to go off right now because you haven't heard any of my music, but... And how do you spell that? M-I-K-E, capital D, apostrophe, capital A-L-T-O-N. All right. And... Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, and if you'd like to send any more questions, observations, or comments, feel free to go in and talk to tibet at gmail.com. And also, if you want to just, you know, get in contact with Mike, find Mike Dalton. <laughs> and, you know, send him messages if you want, and I will... The link to my music will be on the tidbit. Yeah, it will be after weeks. And I will forward all of Mike's stuff. <laughs> if any of you send me questions, I will definitely forward the information to you personally. Oh my god. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. When the EP comes out, we'll mention it again, of course. It's like <laughs> keep throwing it in there every week, just an update on your music. Thank you, guys. Alright, see you, uh, see you in the next topic. Goodbye.